while we're trusting you had an intimate time as you worshiped, as you prayed, as you sought after your Lord. Now, I've been away for a couple of weeks, and I know that we, we put a hold on our series talking about the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. And we just, we took a slight detour, and I really felt the Lord leading me to talk about what go, the battle that goes on in our mind. Thank you for the feedback, I, which confirmed to me and affirmed um, just stopping for a little bit and, and going into that short teaching series, and I'm hoping that it really impacted you. I really hope it encouraged you and strengthened you in your battle in your mind. And, and just as a reminder, they are available online through our website, our YouTube channel, Facebook, any of the podcast platforms that you might be connected to. If you feel you need to listen to it again to be reminded, then we really encourage you to do that because we honestly believe that what goes on in our mind is so important and sometimes we forget about that we forget what goes on in our mind and the thoughts that we struggle with the lies that we believe and just giving the enemy control at times it sees it seems over our mind so i i'm trusting and i'm hoping it was a great four weeks of just diving into that topic and i'm really hoping it helped it helped you in a in a mighty way now we're going, we're going, coming back into our series talking about the Holy Spirit here today. And I'm looking forward to finishing this off. And we still have several weeks left of this, but we're going to finish this, this series strong. And we're going to look at a question here today. And, and it's a question I've heard and I've spoken myself and, and, and stuff like that. It's this, how do we hear from God? I get that question, Bill, how do I hear from God? I ask that question, I'm like, God, how do I hear from you? How do I know it's your voice? I'm going to look at that question today and how the Spirit helps us answering that question. Did, did you already know that this, uh, this life that you're living, it's just a series of decisions, really, isn't it? One decision after another. It could be anything from, you know, what pair of pants or shorts am I going to wear? Um, what am I going to eat for breakfast? Um, am I going to buy that new whatever? Um, am I going to change professions? You know, should I move? You know, a, a lot of these questions. And our life is just, it's a series. Some are small, some are large, some are insignificant, some are highly significant. And I know that for us, we want to make sure we're making the right decisions. And we know that God will give us direction and answers but a lot of times we struggle with how do I hear from him how do I hear from him knowing the weight of decisions we feel great encouragement in scripture and that is the promise that we are not left we're not left alone to make our decisions alone we aren't that we can actually be led by the spirit we're reminded of that in psalm 23 it says he leads me in paths of righteousness he leads us he leads us. And sometimes we forget that, right? He leads us. Not only does our good shepherd feed us, but he leads us and he guides us. He not only corrects us, but he directs us. He does not leave us to figure out life all by ourselves, but he will keep us on track. And when we do get off track, and we do and we will, he pledges to get us back on track. He doesn't leave you alone. He still pursues after you when you 
seem to go your own way. He has commissioned his spirit to help us find our way home safely. Now, there are many word pictures in the Bible, and we've been looking at these different word pictures of the spirit to help us get a deeper and a clearer understanding of who he is, what his intent is, what his purpose is, um, how, how he's a part of our life, and they help us to understand who the Spirit is. It's the Spirit. Remember, the, God's Word is, is inspired by the Spirit. The Spirit is describing himself to us on how he wants us to understand and relate to him. He is the wind. He is the fire. We find out that he's the anointing oil. But I want to suggest to you uh, one that quite possibly you might not have considered. Maybe you have, but maybe you haven't. This word picture is found in the ancient story of Moses and the Hebrew people. You might remember that they spent 400 years in Egyptian bondage, and God had enough, and he wanted to set his people free. And in turn at events, that he, how he used Moses, Pharaoh set them free. The, we know the story, right? If we even go back to our Sunday school days, we remember the story. The Red Sea opened. And all those years of slavery were, were set behind them, and they could head into the direction of the promised land. Yet, they were rookies. They were rookies. They have never really left their hometown. You know, they even discussed and complained about how much more better it was back home in Egypt. They didn't know how to travel, especially with that amount of people, right? They didn't know which way to go. And for that reason, God took on the role as their personal travel guide. And we're going to look at what this says in, <clears throat> in Exodus. Today, we're going to be looking at a lot of different references, because um, there are a lot of references regarding the Spirit. Um, but we're going to really focus on this word picture, and it's found in, in the book of Exodus in a, in a few different places. Um, the first place it's found is Exodus 13. And we read this. In verse 21, it says, By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. Staying in Exodus, going to the next chapter, chapter 14, we see this being said, in, starting in verse 19. It says, Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other. So neither went, neither went near the other all night long. Again, staying in Exodus and, going, and going all, flipping all the way to Exodus 40, we see this. In verse 36, in all the travels of the Israelites, whenever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, they would set out. But if the cloud did not lift, they did not set out until the day it lifted. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day, and fire was in the cloud by night, in the sight of all the Israelites during all of their travels. So we're finding throughout these several references, they were guided by God. They were guided by God. And we see how they were guided by God. Can you imagine how this changed their anxiety level? 
They're out there. They don't know where to go. They didn't have Google Maps. They didn't have Surrey. They didn't have GPS. They had God. They had God guiding them every step of the way, either by a cloud or by fire. And I'm assuming that, that their anxiety level probably went down because of that. They, now they knew exactly where to go. All they had to do was just lift their eyes up to the heavens and look, and they would know exactly where to go. The stress of decision-making was reduced to now keeping an open eye toward heaven. Like, who wouldn't, who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't like that, right? And really, we still should be doing that today. We have that. We have what the Israelites and the Hebrew people had while they were in the wilderness. We do. We have what the Hebrew people had. And we can thank Isaiah for revealing to us the name of the force within the cloud and the fire. Then as people recalled the days of old, the days of Moses and his people, where, where is he who brought them through the sea with the shepherd of his flock? Where is he who sent, set his Holy Spirit among them? The question is this. It really is this. Who guided the children of Israel? Who guided them? The Holy Spirit. The question for us then, well, who guides us today? The Holy Spirit. Jesus said this in John 16. He said, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you. He will guide you into all the truth. If we have the same supernatural direction as Israel, then why do we get lost? If we have that exact same spirit that's guiding us and leading us here today, then why do we get lost? Why do we get confused? Why do we find it difficult at times to know God's will for us? I think in order for us to hear from God, there's a few things that I think are vital and important to us hearing from God. First one is this. We need to stop following a culture that doesn't follow God. If you want to hear from God, you need to stop following a culture that doesn't follow God. Paul lets us know about the culture in Romans 12. He says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. Do not copy the behaviors of this culture. Do not, do not take on the customs of this world. There is a will that God has for you. And it is possible, as it says in there, to learn God's will for you. You can learn God's will for you, but to do it, you need to make a decision. If you want to hear God, if you want to understand God's will, there is something that you need to do, a decision that you need to do, and it starts with this. I'm going to choose him, God, over them, the world, the culture, the society. That's, if you truly want to hear from God, and, you, and, and Paul says, don't copy the behaviors of this world. Don't, don't fall in line with the customs. You can learn God's will, but first you need to make a commitment that you're going to choose God over the world. Don't copy behaviors and customs. 
You see, God wants us to be different. Not we're different. Weird's not bad. It's, it's not boring. That's, that's our model in our family. Um, but God wants us to be different from this world. He doesn't want our aim to just blend in. And how many of us just blend in to our culture? Blend in with the behaviors. Blend in with the customs of our world. And God doesn't want us to do that. Remember, he has set us apart. We are holy, chosen people. And our aim cannot be to just blend in. We don't look to society for our direction, but we look to God for it. And too many times we look to society, right? We look to the Dr. Phil's. We, uh, we look to people like the Kardashians, right? We look to certain people, and that's the problem, right? If you are looking to people or things other than God, then you're not going to hear from him. You cannot hear God when you are listening to them. You can't. The first decision to make in discerning God's will or receiving his guidance is not, God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you want me to do? The first question is, who's my boss? Who is my boss? Who is in charge here? Who has authority over my life? That's got to be our question, right? Like, who has the authority over my life? Not, God, what do you want me to do? But who's got the authority? And let's just follow him. If the answer is people, then you're not going to hear God's direction at all. Stop following a culture that does not follow God. That's one thing that we need to do. Another, another thing that we need to be aware of and, and do is that we need to start listening for the Spirit who speaks on behalf of God. We need to start listening to the Spirit who is, speaks on behalf of God. During the time in the wilderness, something wonderful happened in there. There came a moment in which the position of the fiery pillar and the cloudy pillar actually changed. They had been up in the sky leading the people, but you may recall that during the first year in the wilderness, they were commanded to build what? The tabernacle. Big, a big, you know, a tent, and, a, and they were deeming it the tabernacle. When that tabernacle was completed... The Spirit of God, as it says in the records, it descended into the tabernacle. The fire, the cloud, in my mind, as I, as I tried to envision what that must have looked like, I see the fire and the cloud intertwining with one, with one another, like a braid. Think of a braid. That's what I could see that happening up in the sky. The fire and the cloud pillars intertwining together and began to descend like a cyclone until they came right over the tent and disappeared. And down upon and sat in between the cherubim and the seraphim on the mercy seat set upon the Ark of the Covenant. Exodus 40 says, Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Had we witnessed that wonderful miracle, we would have pointed from that day forward to the tabernacle and said, our God lives there. That's where our God lives. 
from that day forward, that's what they would have said. Our God lives there in the tabernacle. With that image in mind, can I invite you to put your hand over your heart and repeat this after me. My God lives here. My God lives here. You see a wonderful miracle happened on that day that you said yes to Jesus. He descended, just like the Spirit descended that day over the tabernacle. When you say yes to Jesus, he descends upon you and he takes up residence within you. He will choose to turn you into his dwelling place. And we see Jesus kind of talking about this in John 14. It says, the spirit of truth, the word cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives where with you and will be with you. Jesus says, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. We see Paul saying in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he says, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? See, he moves within us to lead us. That's how he does that. He moves within us to lead us. So how does he lead us? Well, he leads us primarily by two tools. And this third idea about hearing from God and understanding how the Spirit speaks to us on behalf of God and how to hear from him, two, here's two tools of the Spirit that the Spirit will use to speak to you. It, they are the verse and the voice. The, what I will call the verse and the voice. The verse is God's word. It's God's word. Remember what Paul says in Ephesians 6. He says, the sword of the Spirit, which is what? The word of God. The sword of the Spirit, the sword of the Spirit, the tool which the Spirit does battle against the devil is the Scripture. God's word. Your first go-to place to hear the word of God is the verse of God. The Spirit's primary communication tool that he uses is the word. It's the scriptures. He makes his will known through his Word, Psalm 119, a, a verse that we know. It says, your word is what? A lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Could I urge you today, could I urge you to let the word of God override the word of society? Can I encourage you to do that? in your life? See, because there are so many voices, and we talked about this. We just talked about this for four weeks. There are so many voices that are speaking to us. There are so many voices in our minds, and we're trying to figure out who's who here. There are voices that you're hearing that are telling you that you're not worth much, but God's word says you're worth everything to him. There are many voices saying there's no God but if there is, he doesn't know me. 
But God's word says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. The big decision we all can make, regardless of our age, is this, I'm going to let God's word be the overriding voice in my life. You want to hear from God? You got to start right here in God's word. This is where you need to start, right here. And if you're not hearing from God, the first thing I always tell people is, are you searching out his word? And if you're not, if it's collecting dust, or you haven't turned it on on your iPad or your phone, the reality is you're probably not hearing from God. And that's probably one of the main reasons. This is his primary tool to communicate to you. It's his word. His word. How many of you can bear testimony to the fact that God's word is not only inspirational, but it's amazingly practical? I'm sure we could just spend hours hearing of you bearing testimony of how practical God's word was in your life when you were at certain points of your life, certain seasons of your life, approaching um, major decisions or even small decisions, and you found how practical God's word is. I, I've experienced it in my life. It helps us to make daily decisions. Did you know that? That you can go to God's word and it will help you make daily decisions. Yes, it speaks on the big issues about destiny, of identity, and salvation. But did you know it also says things about relationships, neighbors, how to use your money? My prayer is that you would leave today saying from now on, when I have a decision, I'm going to think, what does the Bible have to say about this? And I, God's word directed me and Lisa out here over 14 years ago. I remember us coming out and candidating, meeting all of you, not thinking I would remember any one of you during that whirlwind of a weekend. But Lisa and I discussed it on the plane ride home and stuff like that. And I turned to God's word. And for whatever reason, I came to the passage talking about the Magi. And I read, I read the passage where it says, the wise men came from the east. And I'm like, well, there it is. There's God's word being practical. The wise men coming from the east. That was my confirmation that the wise man was coming from the east and coming out west. I say that jokingly, but it's serious. So God's word will help you to make decisions because God first speaks through the verse. He first speaks through his word. Often he supplements the verse with a voice. In addition to the verse, he gives us a voice. Now this voice might be the voices of wise counsel, when you go seek someone's advice. This voice might be nature, as God speaks to you through the wonders of the sky. The voice might be what we sometimes call our inner sense. It's, it's, just, it's, a, it's a knowing, which is really a combination of God's word and your conscience that's been reshaped to reflect the, name, the mind of Christ. The book of Acts is full of opportunities in which we 
which we can look at the Holy Spirit providing a voice to help them make a decision. Here's one of them. Acts 13, verse 2. This is what the church was seeking. Who are we going to send? We need to send someone out for mission. Who are we going to send? And this is what happened. They were all worshiping the Lord and fasting for a certain time. During this time, the Holy Spirit said to them, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul to do a special work for which I have chosen them. So after they fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on Barnabas and Saul and sent them out. They heard the voice of the Spirit. Now, how did they hear it? How did they hear it? Was it, a, was it an audible voice? I don't know. It just says, the Spirit said, and they heard. I don't know how they heard. I just, I just know that God spoke to them. They had a sense that they had heard the voice of God, and when they heard it, more importantly, it says they obeyed it. They didn't think about it. They didn't weigh out the pros and the cons. They heard the Spirit speak, and then they obeyed. That's usually a problem we find ourselves. We, 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 at times, we hear from God, and then we start rationalizing it. We start weighing out the pros and cons, and then we end up don't. They heard, and they obeyed. And that's what we need to do. What I do know is this, is this. God will speak to you. Guarantee, he will speak to you, and he will lead you. As you continue to grow in a relationship with God, you begin to sense the ways that he actually speaks to you. In John chapter 10, we read this. It says, the sheep recognize his voice, and they come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. I hope you know you have an unfailing friend, the Holy Spirit, who has taken on the assignment on behalf of the Trinity to guide you through your life, to help you make decisions, and he will use anything and everyone to help you get home safely. Could you leave today with a renewed commitment to make every day a day in which you listen to the verse and the voice, the verse, and then request the voice and receive the guidance of God? A story is told about a poor man in Eastern Europe in the early 1900s. Seeking a better life, he scraped together enough money to buy a third-class ticket on a steamship to New York City. His plan was to find a job there and then send for his family. He exhausted all of his money on the ticket and had just enough to buy a 12-day ration of cheese and crackers. Every day on that ship, he would spot people walking into the dining room every single day, and he would see their hot, hearty meals being given to them to eat. But after seeing that, he would go back to his very tiny room and have his cheese and crackers. On the final day, standing on the rail as they were coming into New York, and as he was just gazing and admiring the Statue of Liberty, a steward spotted him and said this, I don't mean to pry, sir, but why haven't, you, why haven't we seen you in the dining room? The traveler explained his lack of money and his dependence on the cheese and crackers. The steward responded with shock, and he said, did you not know? Did you not know? Three meals a day were included with your ticket. 
We set you a place every single day, but you never came. Church family, he has set a place for you at his table. He will nourish you. He will care for you. Do not think you have to go through this life on cheese and crackers. He will guide you every step of the way through his verse and his voice because he is your good shepherd. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can just hear from you today. Give us a better, clearer, deeper understanding of who your spirit is in our life. Thank you that your spirit speaks to us. And as we've just looked at some passages and looked at your word of how we can receive that, how we can hear that, I pray we can, we can put that into practice, that we can rely on your verse to communicate to us, that we can know that you would supplement that with your voice, whether it's you speaking or you using other people to speak to us, we know that you are speaking and that you will lead us. Help us to be receptive. Help us to listen clearly for you. We pray this in your name. Amen.